0: How's it, internet? And welcome to
1: Two Guys in SharePoint. The only official SharePoint show, because there are others apparently, um, that we've seen come up through the woodwork in South Africa, where everything is uh, not made up except for Rod's stuff that he does in his segment of the show, which changes from week to week. And there are no points. Welcome, Mr. How's it, You're...
0: Your intro keeps getting more and more interstitial segments here. At some point, the whole show is just like it's going to start with the only, and then like 20, 40, 50 minutes later, and there are no points.
1: You know, it's it's like, uh, and a friend of mine used this analogy today, it's it's how do you cook a frog, right? You put it in cold water and you turn the heat up. And then by the time it gets to 100 degrees, the frog's cooked. The frog doesn't jump out. It's the same sort of uh, neuro-linguistic sort of cognitive behavioral therapy that I'm taking you through so that the entire show is just my introduction.
0: Okay. Well, we'll get there one day, I suppose. <laughs> it's great to see that you had no kind star I've given up now, bro. There's only so much you can do, hey?
1: There's not much. Uh, I have to deal with go with the flow. Um, and then the power shall power hour in four minutes. And I don't even know what segment is going to show or make itself known in today's show.
0: Well, you could read the notes. But to help you out, I'll give you a hand here, El. Our next segment is The Guest. So who do we have on this week?
1: Well, like we've done over the last two, three weeks where the two guys and SharePoint recording team has traveled with Alistair Pugin on his escapades across the ocean to America land. And this week, we actually have Erica Toller, and I've pronounced the surname completely incorrectly, and we would like to say congratulations on your MVP award, which she's finally gotten. So I managed to track down Erica in... Puerto Rico, because she was one of the speakers there, and we had a great conversation around information protection. Uh, She works for a company called Record Point, I think it's Record Point, and we talked about a few things along that, lines. Cool. This is where you say, and we cross to that interview now. And let's cross to that interview now. (laughs) And on this week's episode of Two Guys in SharePoint, I had to travel halfway around the world, and then she wasn't there. And then I had to travel halfway back to South Africa, and then she managed to show up. And we've got Erica, I don't know how to pronounce your surname. Tally. Tally. All right. I've been pronouncing it all kinds of wrong for probably the last eight years.
2: It's pretty typical.
1: (laughs) We we, we had uh, DRC. um, No, I recorded her, and then the recording was shite, and I have to redo it. But everyone's been calling her DOS. And it's DRS. That's right. And, and we were schooled in that last week. And so welcome to the show. Uh, for our listeners, just a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from. Do you gravitate towards a specific star sign? Uh, I, I'm not sure how all of those things work.
2: Uh, yeah. Hey, um, Erica. I live in Seattle. I've been doing SharePoint for about 15 years now. Like, can you believe we're that old?
1: From Tahoe to today. I'm that old. You're not that old. Um, Yes. But people don't talk about Super So what is it that you do currently?
2: Where where are you
1: occupying space?
2: Yeah, so currently I've been focusing a lot on records management, um, especially working with government and highly regulated organizations and kind of their um, more specific needs around information management and collaboration. Um, So, technology-wise, of course, that lines up well with Advanced Data Governance and Office 365 with Azure Information Protection. Um, I've been getting to know cloud app security lately. Uh, And then, of course, I'm working with uh, RecordPoints, uh, Product Records 365, um, which integrates with with the products that I just mentioned.
1: So, 15 years ago, right? where were you and how did you Nobody just magically gets SharePoint.
2: No, someone puts, makes you the admin one day, and then you're the SharePoint person.
1: And that's, that's how it started for you?
2: Yeah, I think it's a pretty common story, right? Um, in my case, I was a university student, and I worked at the school's uh, computer help desk area. Okay. Uh, and someone installed a SharePoint server under their desk, <laughs> and it promptly broke it. So they called the help desk. Uh, I was the manager in the last point of Escalation, so I had to go and, and figure it out.
1: <laughs> and you stayed?
2: Yeah, you know, it. It SharePoint's been like an orbit that I, I can't escape, uh, thankfully, because I love it. But um, I, after school, I went into management consulting at Hitachi Consulting, um, okay. and uh, our largest account in Seattle is Microsoft. Everyone had to use SharePoint to, to manage their consulting projects. Word got out that I knew something about SharePoint and what it was, and suddenly I was the SharePoint support person for the Seattle Hitachi office. Okay. And then from there, uh, it grew and grew, and then I, after a while, I started focusing primarily on SharePoint projects, and here we are today.
1: Getting into SharePoint currently, in the old days, we had SharePoint Server, and naturally, it was a product that would be at the front of having the conversation around content management. In today's world, I mean, you just did a session now on, on Teams. Today's world, SharePoint is sort of, I refer to it as like Gordon Ramsay's kitchen knife. Right? Because that first workload you move to the cloud is typically mail. And then they talk about personal storage, maybe they get to OneDrive. And now the third part of that is Teams. You know, how we work, collaboration. When do you actually get to SharePoint, though, with SharePoint being online and the whole Office 365 stack? Are you seeing that change where we used to always go, SharePoint server, rah, rah, rah. Now, we wait for them to either catch up eventually. Are you seeing SharePoint take a a step back and become ubiquitous around delivering content, or is SharePoint still relevant, I suppose, you being around from tar to today?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the exciting thing about Office 365 is we now have purpose-built apps that do certain things, Team being a great purpose-built app for collaboration, um, and We're fortunate that we have SharePoint to manage files securely and compliantly, I think, you know, with what I consider to be an industry-leading feature set for protecting your organization. Um, And so even though maybe it's not Forefront, it's still there helping us and supporting us. Um, But. SharePoint still can be used as a purpose-built application. And just what I've seen people do is if they want a more curated experience, meaning they want this piece of content to be in the upper left corner of the page and this one to be in the bottom right, um, there still is a need for that in organizations, and that's where um, modern team sites, communication sites for news, and then, of course, hub sites to tie everything together uh, really come into play.
1: Are you seeing that conversation now resonating with folks? We've seen a revitalization of SharePoint since Jeff did the virtual summit, I think it was two years ago. Are you seeing a revitalization for, for, for that sort of thing? Now that we have hub sites, with have all everything is modern. Are people going back to SharePoint instead of saying, well, consolidate your file shares to OneDrive?
2: I'm seeing kind of two groups of people. Uh, number one are the people that have been using SharePoint for years that have moved um, from using SharePoint on-premises to the cloud. Um, I think in that case, um, if it works for them, they're maybe still using team sites, um, maybe have branched out to teams a bit in some cases. Uh, but for peop- Office 365 has also brought a whole new audience of people into the Microsoft world. And in that case, I think um, you know it's not the first workload they would adopt, like you mentioned, Mail, OneDrive... Uh, teams, but um, you know when when people are looking for a purpose built app that is going to do a more common intranet scenario or the news or um, they need a more robust collaboration experience than Teams can provide, um, maybe something way more complex. Um, SharePoint's still there for them.
1: Traditional SharePoint. Traditional talk, SharePoint. Let's yeah. talk traditional SharePoint. You. Uh, I... You're now focusing on information management from a security and compliance perspective. Yeah. Did you touch SharePoint Designer? Did you spend time with SharePoint Designer?
2: Back in the day? Yeah. Oh, I lived in that thing all day, every day, building workflows and, well, an infopath too, of course.
1: So is, is that still relevant? Is forms and workflows still relevant? Because what we find is, from my perspective, people talk about SharePoint the way they talk about SharePoint being used inside a team. So it's just a content delivery network, right? Put a document somewhere, apply some sort of policy to it, give it a name, use a label and, and, and ninja dust. Everything works. But traditional SharePoint people, where you're building a, a clinical trial system or a branch management or a store opening portal for orgs, are you still seeing that happen in today's world? Because you spent so much of your time building a custom workflow and a form with InfoPath. I still think InfoPath is sexy. Um, I just wish they'd changed the interface. But, yeah, I mean, for me, that's really where the productivity enrichment stems from. Are you seeing that still today, or are people moving towards Power Apps and Flow instead of trying to build custom processes and such? I
2: mean, that's that one's hard to answer in a... In a broad sense. I mean, it completely de- depends on the organization. Um, if people have heavily invested in uh, SharePoint Designer and InfoPath in the, in the past, they're not just going to rebuild that overnight in Power Apps and Flow. Um, and in some cases, depending on how their support structure is set up, they may continue to build new things in those tools. Um, but I think even in the last six months, the traction around Power Apps and Flow um, has really increased and a lot of people are building net new apps in those tools. Um, and then, since we're talking a bit about SharePoint, I think SharePoint's still very relevant in those cases, like your trial system. You're still gonna have a form that writes information to a SharePoint list if you wanna have it stored somewhere that's not just the form. Um, you're still gonna be able to do triggers when something changes in that SharePoint list with a flow. Um, you know, it still is the backbone of a lot of these solutions.
1: Do you touch dynamics at all? I don't. Fantastic. Then you will be great friends. I don't touch CRM either. So this Teams session that that what was it about that you did today?
2: Uh, today it was a really um, beginner session for okay. Teams. Um, we have a lot of university students here today at SharePoint Saturday Puerto Rico, and it, um, I think Teams is really great because with the free version, uh, we're able they're able to just start using it from today. They can sign up for the free version and use it to collaborate on their school projects and school group projects.
1: Oh, wow, that is true. Huh? We can actually start having those conversations here. Your time spent in, in the record space, because you've been doing it, doing it for some time, do you see value coming to SharePoint people that need to move into that space? Um, is it is it something that people need to start considering today, especially with being able to share things now externally and all of those things.
2: Uh, So should every organization consider records management?
1: Well, not only from a company perspective or an org perspective, but also consultants that are like you, right? You used to do front-end stuff, right? So you're sitting in SharePoint Designer and you're building workflow and forms, and you've got UX people uh, doing styling. Um, Should uh, SharePoint consultants start thinking about managing records and protecting content in the whole?
2: I mean, I think yes, um, in some cases. So your your average everyday company probably doesn't need to worry so much about records management. I mean, yes, they can use uh, the great features available in advanced data governance to make sure that we don't have rot, so redundant, obsolete, or trivial content sitting around mucking up your search results i like that it's a it's a very popular term in the records and information management world um so i i mean i think every organization needs to do some broad policies just to kind of keep things fresh and relevant Um, however if you are highly regulated meaning there's laws you need to comply with about keeping your information or your government which has a lot of regulations yeah. about that, uh, then you do absolutely have to worry about a records management solution for your Microsoft content, okay. um, and whether that's using um, the tools out of the box or if um, you have a need, uh, some requirements where you need to look outside to a third party tool. Um, you know, you should be managing all the content in your organization as records, whether that's file shares, Box, SharePoint, Office three sixty five. Who cares? Um, You you know, you need to have policies on that content so that you're uh, meeting the requirements of the regulations and making the auditors happy.
1: In closing, how do people get hold of you on the interwebs and the Twitteratis? I mean, you're speaking at a ton of conferences. Uh, You don't have to give out your email address. though. Um, We don't allow that. We'll actually edit it out. But if people want to ping you on the the social medias, where do they find you?
2: Yeah, so... um, you can search, so everything's under my name. So my Twitter handle, Facebook, Instagram, you website. It's you, do,
1: you do have cats, right?
2: I do have cats. Yes.
1: Now I was just thinking, <laughs> do you post pictures of cats on Instagram? Because I guarantee you, you can get an additional two thousand followers if you.
2: Mostly I post travel pictures all on right. my Instagram, okay. but if I have a really artistic picture of my cats, then I'll post okay. it.
1: All right. Well, thank you for being on the show this week, and we'll chat to you
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Erica. We really appreciate it. All right. Sweet. Now the big segment of the show. It's time for In the News. So you've done all the work this week, Al. You did all the show notes this week. I think I added one thing. But I'm going to steal your first
1: item here because I think it's really cool. We've got new
0: icons in Office 365.
1: Yay, yay. And even Tracy's saying yay because she gets to get more tactics.
0: <laughs>
1: like she needed an excuse. They look cool though, hey? Look, I think Microsoft has taken a chapter out of the way Apple reinvents themselves and a whole bunch of other companies, and really taken this material design, or whatever the concept is, modern, retro, call it what you want, and they've gone and, and reinvented icons. Icons. People are getting excited about icons. It's so Kanye West, Kim Kardashian. That's, let's not an make an that icon comparison. Can. Well, it's an icon. It's an icon. Yeah, it's okay. going to be Kanye So now you get new stickers for your notebooks, new print on T-shirts. It's like when South Africa decided to rename street names. Same, same. Spend millions and millions. It's the same thing. It's just a different logo. And boom, all of a sudden it's reignited, right? Uh, They look cool. Uh, But I… Do you have them in
0: your tenants yet? Do you know when they're rolling out?
1: Well, I actually don't, I don't even know if they are rolling out to tennis, but to tell you the truth, I just saw new icons and I thought, hey, I get new swag now. I can throw out all my old t-shirts, including the Yammer one, and get a new Yammer t-shirt with the logo on. Very cool. I'm,
0: I'm sure they'll, I don't I'm know. sure they'll come to like the bento menu and the apps list and stuff like that.
1: Um, the bento menu? What in common? It's,
0: it's, what it's the, the, the waffle The the waffle... The waffle, okay. The waffle It looks like a bento box.
1: What is a bento box? You could
0: do some Googling after the podcast.
1: Looks like a Jenga, Jenga, that thing. Um, I don't know. So I see that and I I think of uh, those people that gamed back in the 90s. Uh, Seventh Guest and uh, Phantasmagoria and 11th Hour. It looks like a a Rubik's Cube with puzzle pieces that flip, that are interchangeable. That's what it... Bento, no idea. But uh, you know what... That's why you add value to my life because you introduce these new terms that I have to eventually go Google. I'm always happy to be of assistance, Al. All right, what's next, Wadlin? You can even do the next
0: Can one. I even do the next one? You're so good yeah, to me, But Bri. you have to do
1: it proper. Just not read it from, from the show <laughs> no, but I don't know. Apparently, we've got
0: some new Teams information.
1: Yes. So, remember Jace? We had Jace Moreno
0: yeah, on the show. Yeah, that was, that was uh, very recently. Last episode. I, was, I think
1: it was... No, last episode was Paul Swiber. Episode before that, then. Yes, Jace. Jace spent some time with us, and he's driving. So he's the team's development lead, slash PMM, whatever you want to call him. So he's driving a, a lot of the development uh, conversation. And I'm very excited. Uh, he put, put up a blog post on, on Tech Community to talk about the new dev initiatives, so new dev tools, um, how you can build really cool apps for teams. They've also launched, like everyone else has done, and you'll probably find that there's, there's an... You know, there's the Office 365 Dev Bootcamp, there's the Azure Bootcamp, and every other type of AI Bootcamp, and every other type of Bootcamp. And last year, we did the Azure Bootcamp. There'll be a new one. You'll probably find that there will be a Teams Bootcamp, but what they've launched is the new Teams Meetup initiative. So, they'll send you swag. Laurie Potmeyer will actually send you some cool swag if you're running a Teams Meetup also part of the new teams info stuff if you head over to uh, tech community and go sniff out chase you'll be able to see that there's you can enroll for sort of like an insider program where you've got early access to things which is actually quite cool for 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 the dev guys that are actually wanting to build apps for teams and also build not only apps for teams but automation and stuff that not, might not necessarily be an app in teams, but actually does cool automation for Teams that sits outside of the typical app store inside of Teams. So there's a huge support from Microsoft and I urge you strongly to go and spend some time, have a look at what Jace has put up because it's not only the stuff that we do, it's also around the intelligent comm stuff for communication. So I think Skype meeting rooms and all the meeting systems that's been available for Skype is now coming into Teams and also all this. Skype devices, the Yearlinks, the Plantronics, the uh, Crestron, uh what's the other one that I'm missing. I forget that one. But shit, man, you see those devices in all the rooms. Anyhow, a lot of support for that. Do you want to hit the next bullet point there? Because it it references Teams, but I think it's very exciting because we actually missed this.
0: Yeah. So SPFX is now the Teams platform for Dev. So... How crazy! Yeah, is that? you get Teams as web parts, um, and then web parts as tabs in Teams, which is that's really cool. That's some powerful stuff.
1: I'm so excited about it. So, this team that runs the PnP program for Microsoft are around SVFX. so they've put together the SharePoint framework. You've got the workbench and the kitchen, and I'm excited because for the first time that I've experienced, you've got. Opposing well, I wouldn't say opposing forces. I, I might get shot down for saying that, but you've got engineering teams working together. If SPFX is going to be the platform for modern teams development, think about the investment in time that the entire team with Vesa and the entire community around SPFX has spent over the last two three years to make SPFX what it is yeah, today. Yeah, and it's really the powerful. Tool chain. And all of a sudden, like you said. You can have team stuff as web parts and web parts as tabs. I'm super excited about it. I can go build a web part inside of SharePoint and surface just that web part as an app or as an app in a tab inside Teams. That's that's just monumental. That's again. very cool. That, that That's the glue. I can take SharePoint developers and they become Teams developers and they don't have to leave the space that they're in. So think about adaptive cards, right? I can start building SharePoint web parts as adaptive cards to surface data. I, dude, you must see the the hair on my eye it's just it's magical. So think about it. You you build a cool app inside of SharePoint, yeah. right? And you surface it via web parts. I so think um notifications, right? I can now bring that as an adaptive card inside of team.
0: Yeah it's super cool.
1: And you, can, you can also use it to get sort of like
0: a parody of experience for people so if you've got sort of a tri- parody or parity. Parity,
1: not parody because a parody of experience sounds very monty python
0: i do like monty python but that's not what i'm going for no a parody of experience because if you've got an intranet as most people do right people are used to oh i've got my departmental team site and whatever and i can get all my information there you can now bring all of that functionality right into Teams so they don't have to keep swapping back and forth between the two, and Teams can really become that hub of all your work, right? You don't just have to iframe a SharePoint page in one of the tabs to to get that functionality.
1: It's cool. It's very cool. Look, there's a lot of investment. There's a lot of ways to go for Teams from an API perspective. Something as simple as I've been told that you can't programmatically add a tab to a channel in Teams. There's no API for
0: that? I have not checked, but no, I don't think there is.
1: And look, I think from an org-wide team perspective, intranets are becoming closer to being ingested inside of teams. It's one step closer, right? So think your corporate landing page for your intranet. You spin up an org-wide team, boom, everyone sees it, right? What you can't do yet is create a site templates I think internet in a box and when you create your team assign that site template as the team site site template for that team yeah
0: you just get the standard team site in the background
1: so for me once they've once the other graph apis are built um, you'll probably see guys like valo create amazing things from teams awesome and you heard that first year on Two Guys SharePoint. I think that should be a new segment, Martin. We will do an announcement for an organization. <laughs> no, Breaking serious. news. New Breaking news. We had it with Paul Swider. We had it with Jace. And I've just done it for Valo. And I'll have to ask their permission. But anyhow, I don't care. Um, <laughs> we will announce new things. So people will tune in. Like your announcement there is is not really insider
0: knowledge. Like oh, those guys do really cool things. And when they have an API to Teams, they'll start doing really cool things with Teams. That's not a earth-shaking piece of news. Oh, Modlin,
1: don't, 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 don't. Don't bring don't you down. blow out my candle. Don't blow out my candle. Don't blow out my candle. Anyhow, yeah, moving along. Moving along, I don't want to talk to you about this anymore.
0: What's next? You've got a whole bunch of stuff here. Office updates. Apparently, we're getting a bunch of updates
1: to Inc., We missed this, Madeline, we missed this, we missed this. And I would like to take this opportunity to apologize to our listeners for missing this, because this is important shit right here. You know, Microsoft has gone and said, well, you've got new Office products, right? So you've got Exchange, Skype, Project Server for on-prem and things. And they've also added a whole bunch of new things to Office updates if you're using Office 365 Pro Plus, which you should be, because that's where the world is today. So yes... Are some new inking stuff so being able to draw a triangle with a pen inside of one or word and it will automatically create the shape uh, becomes a office shape rather than just a drawn thing yeah so you can you can write with ink and it' can go into text and ink to shapes so if you're drawing like oh and I just like to shout out big to to Louise uh, I cannot pronounce her surname she's actually in Cape Town right now She the Inking Ninja. You've seen Louise's stuff that she's doing. Yeah. She's actually in Cape Town. And Louise, I apologize for not making dinner tonight, uh, but I have to record with the model. So
0: you see how much I give up for I you, really right? appreciate it, Brew.
1: Okay. But congratulations to Louise as well for uh, becoming one of the Office apps, uh, MVPs. Um, and if I don't mention Jethro, you'll probably hit me when I see him next. Three great people becoming MVPs this month. Um, so it's uh, Louise... It's Erica, who's on our show, newly minted, and obviously Jethro, who will be on our show. Awesome. Shoshun, show Shoshun, show she shall, she Shishal. I cannot Thank that. you, Sean Connery. <laughs> 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 okay, also being able to edit documents with a digital pen now, so you can do annotations on, on, on Word docs. So if you want to scribble out, that's actually quite cool. And the an ink editor now appears in, you can have the ink editor inside of PowerPoint as well. Okay. So when I say ink editor, if you've worked with inking inside of OneNote, when you make notes, you get that ink feature with all the different pens, colors, sizes, yeah. that brushing. It's now available inside of PowerPoint as well. So if you are someone like Louise who spends all the time inking, <laughs> you can now get that features inside of your other Office applications, which is quite
0: cool. Awesome. Very, very cool.
1: What's next? Some other thi- What's next? Uh, desktop app Assure. Assure. Be sure to be sure. What's nice about this is you can now start looking at application compatibility when moving to Windows 10. So in the old days we used to use, and I talk the old days, in my days, my days in Rhodesia, um, we used to do what we called application virtualization. So you could sequence an app that would, or but think about running different versions of Office, right? You've got some sort of thing that only runs in Office 95 or Office 97, I can't even remember what it was, but you could sequence a previous version of Office and deploy that through application virtualization to your desktop. For the most part, we used to do that. You can now do that. Instead of running the app in compatibility mode on your desktop, because it runs has to run in Windows 7 mode, you can now test that before you do that through desktop App Assure to see what sort of compatibility issues you might have with an application that is not really certified to run in Windows 10 or in the Windows 10 ecosystem. You can now test that, which is actually quite cool. And it's available through Track. So if you've enrolled through Fast Track to do stuff, um, you can actually use the Desktop App Assure to assist you with that.
0: That is really, really handy. I know that is a thing for a lot of companies, especially if you're using an old version of SAP or something. There's a bunch of interactions that just won't
1: work in Pro Plus. Yeah. Next up, do you want to talk about this model? Have you worked with the next thing that we have listed?
0: I have not worked with it at all but it is very important. Um, there is a version 2 of the SharePoint migration tool. So this will support migrations from uh, SharePoint Server 2013 and on-prem file shares to SharePoint Online and OneDrive.
1: Yeah. So the, you've known this, but our listeners, hasn't I? I've been writing exam questions for a few Microsoft exams over the last three weeks. And one of the one of the exams was around... I didn't sign an NDA, so I can't talk about it. I... So one of the things was a SharePoint 2019 exam and talking about so a SharePoint migration tool that's on V2 now. Some cool features. What I wanted to mention around that is everyone looks at the tool and they go, great, and it'll do stuff. It's a cool tool. Don't move two terabytes worth of data with it because it's not designed for that. But what is cool, which is part of that, is the SharePoint migration assessment tool. SMAT for <laughs> short. So this... That's a a Uh, great acronym, acronym, hey? Love Microsoft's name and (laughs) conventions. And and it does assessment planning for you. So it's really cool when you're starting to want to move from Shepard 2013 to Shepard in the Cloud. And why I say this is because one of the exam questions I wrote was about uh, what is supported in 20 in Shepard Online versus on-prem. And trust me, you'll be suitably impressed with what is supported on-prem versus what's supported in the cloud when it comes to migration stuff, not just hey we think, oh shit, we've got a custom master page, right? And we've got these custom apps. It's not only that to do, there's so much so many things that when you look at it you go, well it should work trust me, it's not going to work. So do your your research and with, the, with SMAT SMAT will actually uncover that for you tell you, hey, these things won't work in not.
0: That's really cool. That's an important thing there was a project I did beginning of this year where that would have been very handy. <laughs> like, because we had to do a bunch of stuff, just, you know, manual stuff. Like, uh, I don't know if this will work. Let's take it over in a test environment and just see what happens.
1: Because <laughs> it's these unknowns. But also there's a wealth of documentation now. Part of Smack that will tell you what's supported. Because SMAC will, will migrate from 2013 to the It will give you a list of supported everything before you have to run Smack. So you can actually go see that now. That'll give you a bit of guidelines. Anyhow, moving along because we're burning daylight, bit burning night light. What else? Our project stuff, project service stuff. It's just funny. We always thought there was only four project, uh, four uh, products. It was Exchange, Skype, SharePoint, and Office, right? Those are the four products we talked about. Ignite they talked about it for the on-prem stuff. But project server was also updated. So you got project server 2019 for your on-prem investments, which they didn't include. But what I want to talk about is the project online stuff. So you've got a new interface for it. You've got this new thing called home, your project home. If you have got a a project, if you've got a project online professional or project online premium subscription where you're using that. What's nice about it is it's sort of like your SharePoint home, but for project, which is quite cool. Uh, That's available today. Uh, there's a roadmap, which will be generally available early next year, and there's some really, really cool stuff around that, where, where you can get big picture stuff around how to manage projects better, uh, where your projects are, so really what they've done is they've taken EPM and they've supercharged it, right, to give you this much crisper interface, sort of card, uh, Kanban board type stuff, so it's very cool, it doesn't matter uh, where you're working, if it's a Microsoft project or Azure DevOps, uh, you can actually have a Sort of big picture view of all your work in progress. I'm excited about that. We use Project extensively at the office for all our projects, and this is just really, really nice to see that Microsoft's investing quality time around. That.
0: That's really cool. Those subscriptions. Those are premium subscriptions. Hey, the uh, the, yeah, project, the project is not yeah. free. Yeah, they're they're over and above an O three six five subscription.
1: Yeah, if you go to, uh, I think it's periodic table of Office. Three sixty five websites whatever the extension is.net. If you look at MapWords Periodic Table. Yeah, cable, thanks again for that, Matt. Like, super handy. I, I show all my customers that. When I start a conversation about what is Office 365, I don't open up slides. I just go there. Yeah. So uh, you'll actually notice that stuff like D365. Projects. Project, Project Visio, Power BI. Those all have... A little dollar sign means that it's a you you pay more for it even with an E5. So the E5 will give you power BI, but it won't give you the other stuff. Yep, all right. Uh, new compliance features. Uh, so Microsoft has invested heavily in compliance and the, the statutes and regulatory compliance stuff around what Office 365 reports. And strangely enough, I was spending time in cloud app security. You've seen it if you have the. If you have Intune, you should have that or um, I think it's the AD Plan 2 or Azure AD Plan 2 or AD Premium Plan 2. You've got Cloud App Security, which manages your apps. And you'll be suitably impressed when you actually look at the apps that you can start monitoring, right? Because you can use, you can use uh, Cloud App Security to monitor compliance from an app perspective for conditional access. You'll also be able to, when you look at that app, see what that app complies to from a NIST, from a HIPAA, Uh, from a a GDPR perspective. And that all rolls up into Compliance Manager for Microsoft. And they've added new additional regulatory statutes all the time. I think we're up to about 30 now. More investment has been done around that. So definitely head over to aka.ms slash Compliance Manager and have a look at what Service Trust actually gives. That's
0: cool. That is very cool. Because that stuff is all very important. And a lot of it is still relevant to... People in South Africa, if you're listening in South Africa. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Another thing that is relevant probably to all our users, I assume everybody's dealing with Office 365. Um, we kind of missed this uh, last time. There has been another update to the O 365 URLs and IP ranges. So if you are managing your own firewall and you've, Ooh, you're, you're yes. whitelisting everything that your, your users can access... If you're seeing issues with 0365, that's why. Go check out the updates. You can you can pick pick them up uh, through a bing search quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> a bing search. It could happen. So yeah, go go check those out. Check the new IP ranges. They have also now in the in the updates that they do, they also have a, a little description on what's changed. In, in each of the things. So, I removed the URL,
1: added an IP range, whatever the case is.
0: And I think that's all the news we have today. That
1: That is all the news. A, a rather comprehensive. Yes, company. lots of stuff. I think we did well this, th- this week. Did well. I cannot guarantee what else is going to come out over future weeks because we are in the first week of December. Yeah. All right, moving on to a feature that I didn't know about over the week. So I'm, I'm bringing these two things up because... I'm, I've had enough. So here's a, not only a public service announcement, but a cry to Microsoft. Not only are their naming conventions out of sync and out of whack, yeah. but also it doesn't make sense, mate. So when you look at the notes, right, it says Azure ATP. ATP. So Azure Advanced Red Protection. Now, you'll know that if you go into the security and compliance Center, into your office 365, and when It talks about advanced threat protection. It started with Exchange and it's moved now to SharePoint Teams. Now, when I say Azure ATP, what do you think about it? Well, Azure ATP to
0: me is very much the intelligent protection layer in Azure. I've had to have some conversations about this. You can
1: stop there. If I had to if I had to say the following words, Azure MFA server. Okay, that is a uh, is that a part of ATP?
0: It's under. Okay, the, but they both start the, with Azure. It's ah. under the same umbrella, I guess. Yeah, a- Azure's is a big place.
1: Okay, so you'd think it's in the cloud. It is not for the cloud. It is for on-prem shit, and they call it Azure.
0: Azure ATP. I think a lot of the services run in the cloud.
1: It runs in the cloud, but when you talk about Azure ATP, it's actually sensors that you deploy in the domain controllers. And Azure MFA server is for on-prem. It's not in the cloud. Yeah. So, so call it something else. Yeah, the thing is, so what, what Azure ATP
0: does is, so it's like advanced threat protection, right? Gone are the days where you could install an antivirus, like a McAfee or whatever, and be like, okay, I'm safe now. That doesn't work, especially on an enterprise sort of level. We always know that the hack is always ahead and the antiviruses are always catching up. So you, there's always a period of vulnerability before somebody figures out there's a new attack vector and figures out what it is and then updates the virus definitions, right? So Azure ATP works in a different way in that it doesn't look for like the virus definitions against a database. What it does is it looks at behavior. It can notice out, no, of, for sure. out of uh for
1: sure. so Azure ATP is to monitor service on prem. So you got the sensors you deploy to your DC, it does discovery, and it sends that telemetry back, back to, to Azure. A2P. Yeah, And then
0: Azure like yeah. does all the crunching and be like, Ooh, actually this user or this thread or this whatever yeah. is has way more traffic than it should stop it. So you yeah. can get you get so much fine. faster reaction times and
1: all of that. But but I don't care about what it does. I care about the naming Yeah, group.
0: but it is run out of Azure. I fully agree with you. Why? I fully agree with you Why? that, that Why Microsoft's naming convention
1: in our relationship model often have, have issues,
0: to... but this one actually makes sense.
1: I disagree with you, and that's it. I don't care. Anyway, you've just, again, twice, twice in one show. Rating on your parade, hey? Raining on my... I don't have anything else to say. That's my... I didn't know about. So let's move on to whatever your next segment is
0: called. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm- Go the flow. That's I'm reading off the show. Now. Thank, thank you. My go with the flow this week is um, a connector for Skype for Business Online. So if you are running Skype for Business Online and your users are very much using Skype, I know we often do. My company uses it extensively. There is a flow connector for Skype for Business Online and you can send messages through it. It's also got stuff like you can set up meetings and whatever. So you can use that too. But I think it's quite cool that you can... As part of a as part of a workflow, uh, as part of a
1: process,
0: you can notify people in Skype for business.
1: Are they trying to ignite some fire for Skype for Business? I think if you're probably over three hundred users, you don't get Skype for business no. anyway. Or if you're under three hundred users, you don't get I can't remember what then. Skype for business, if you spin up a new tenant now it's not about yeah. in the cloud. I'd, it probably right. won't be this
0: probably won't be around for very long. Like like you say, as um Teams opens up more and we can do more stuff with that. All of this will fall away. But a lot of people are still using Skype for Business online. So if you are, if your environment does include that, you can just bear in mind, you can send notifications um, with Flow, which is quite cool.
1: It is cool. I don't care. Moving on.
0: (laughs) Okay, moving on to the end of the show, because that's it for us this week. Thank you all. Very much for listening to us, me especially, and L I know you have to put up with. If you do want to find us online, you can find our website twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. We're on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. SharePoint. I'm on Twitter at oddmodlin and L is at Alistair Puget. You can also find us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Please do tell a friend. You want to support the show? Tell tell a friend in the industry, hey, go listen to these guys. They're semi entertaining.
1: We are rather entertaining. Um, it's the only part that makes the show valuable is the eager banter between your personality and my personality. The rest they can all find online. Aw, you think I've got a personality? No, listen, I'm, I'm just I'm being polite, mate. I don't want you to cancel the show, so I have to say something to feed the monster, right? Yeah,
0: well, good. I'm glad you But well, Thank you so much, Al. Alright, my man. Speak to you soon. Yeah, bro. Have fun.
1: Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Wow, I just burped really
2: bad yeah so that, was, that was that was
1: just
0: lovely on my ears I'm wearing headphones dude that was like right right in my ear could you almost yeah that was special there's our blooper uh,